Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your host, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. Peace and blessings, peace and blessings. In the name of the Most High God, the Beneficent, the Merciful, the Architect of the Universe, the Creator of the heavens and the earth and all that is in between. We thank him for love and we thank him for life. But if I was to live as old as Methuselah, just short of 1,000 years old, I could never thank him for his merciful intervention in the affairs of men, in the person of Master W. Far Muhammad, and him finding one and raising one in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the nation of Islam. Certainly we could never thank that double portion of the spirit for leaving with us in this dispensation of time their divine reminder, the criterion in human form in the person of the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In those three great yet humble names, I'm honored to greet our listening audience once again with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the language of our ancestors. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. 
Thank you, family, for that return greeting. For those who may not know in our listening audience, it simply means peace be unto you and unto you be peace. We thank all of our consistent and constant listeners here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, and we thank our first-time listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We thank all of you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. I am co-host Brother Youssef Muhammad, and I am overjoyed every week to work with my dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, as we take you into that which Allah has given that we think should help you as it relates to disaster awareness for community preparedness. This is a program, for those who don't know, where we want you to become self-reliant in taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. As the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would sing, we need you to survive. You see, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, this program promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people in how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you to determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is that each individual citizen including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, their family, their neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Again, welcome, welcome, welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I'm going to get out your way and bring on our co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, and we have you know, many of our listening audience, for those who don't know, are actually subject matter experts themselves. And today we have two guests who we look forward to bringing before our listening audience to share with us that which Almighty God is blessing them to develop and establish so that, again, we can survived by God's grace and mercy. So at this time, please join me in welcoming our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Rudolph. Welcome, sir. Thank you, brother. Let me uh, take a second to first we're lost and didn't know we were lost. So he raised the one among us to help us, to guide us, to teach us, to train us, and to usher us in to this peace that we know today to be us. Brother Rudolph, your transmission, pardon me for interrupting your welcoming and your salutation, but your transmission is going in and out, beloved, so. Okay. Is this better? 
a little better, beloved, a little. Okay. We have the most honorable Elijah Muhammad right here from geographically where I am, Detroit, Michigan, more specifically Black Bottoms, Detroit. And we thank both of them for not leaving us comfortless, guideless, and leaving us to our own understanding, but they left us one who is the most perfect example of righteousness in human form, the most perfect example of sacrifice and of following the guide, none other than our big brother, the champion of truth and justice, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And those three great names, we greet our family, our well-wishers, our supporters. We even greet our detractors. In the greeting words of peace and paradise of our salam alaikum. We can disagree without being disagreeable, and that's what this platform is about. This platform is about education, inspiration, and attaining to another level to ensure that when you leave this platform, you're better off than when you first came. As my brother, Brother Yusuf, always says, disaster preparedness is like education and religion. It comes in degrees of understanding. And so wherever you may fall on that line, it's fine. Don't worry about what the next person is doing. Don't worry about what the next person has. You do what you can, the very best you can do for yourself and your family at the time that you're doing it, and in doing so, you will secure a space in this life for you and your family. Now, we know that all preparation and all hope, well, not hope, but all security lies with the God. There's no doubt about that. All we can do, all we can do is be obedient followers and faithful servants, and in doing so, prayerfully, the grace and mercy of the almighty, all-wise, true and living God will descend upon us like the morning dew on the grass of the earth. With this alone, because we have a gift on the bus, what he has stored up all of this time holding it for us, and I don't want the listeners to miss one second of it. So with no further ado, Brother Yusuf, why don't you introduce our brother to the, the rest of the family, and as they say, let's get it on. <laughs> yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Thank you so much, but I'm sure you and our dear guests wouldn't mind me taking a moment to uh, give our respects to the family of our dear sister, sister student minister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, who transitioned last week. May Allah be pleased with her forever. Be pleased with her. Yes, sir. Same with uh, Brother Prince Asiel bin Israel of the 
Hebrew yes, Israelite sir. community who transitioned yes, uh, last week as well. So we, we wow. wanted to show our respects in, in Arabic. You know, as, as Muslims, we would say, from Allah we come and to Allah we shall return. May Allah be pleased yes, with our dear sister and our dear brother's work on earth. That's right. So I just wanted to say that before we get into this introduction and let our dear brother thank you, uh, Brother Rudolph and Brother Shelton, for, for your understanding. But uh, today we are blessed, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, to have a brother who's well-respected in the southeastern Virginia area for his contribution to the community, both by way of uh, spirituality and uh operational unity and and i'm sure he'll probably mention it you know he's of one two or three generations of those who have followed the teachings of the most honorable elijah muhammad and specifically the blueprint of putting seed in the soil and so today brothers and sisters we have brother shelton muhammad who will speak on behalf of the Black Farmer and Black Community Survival Program, and I'll let him lay the base, and then let's enjoy it. And feel free to press 1 on your star pad if you have any questions for our dear brother after he lays the objective of his program. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, Brother Shelton, for being on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. The uh, floor is now yours, sir. Assalamualaikum. Thank you. Wa uh, Let me open up in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, the one God to whom all praise is due, the Lord of all the worlds. <clears throat> we thank him for keeping his promise and coming to save us, his lost sheep, the black man and woman of America, our Savior in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. We are ever grateful to him for raising up from among us his exalted Christ, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad al-Mahdi. We are further grateful to the both of them for preparing one to lead, teach, and guide us in this time of great trouble and judgment of America and the world. Their Messiah, the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, and it is in their names and by the love and mercy of our God and Savior, that I can greet you in the language of our ancestors with the words of peace and paradise of Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. First, I want to thank you, Brother Yusuf Muhammad and Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, for hosting us on this radio broadcast, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, to present to you a program from the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, which we call the Black Farmer and Black Community Survivor Program. You know, we believe that this program is critical to the salvation of the Black Farmer and the Black community. Now, just a little bit about myself. Again, I'm Brother Shelter Muhammad, and um, I'm the... uh, owner of Muhammad Family Farm located in Southampton County, Virginia, 
Well, we lived there on the farm with my family. We have uh, three boys and one girl. And these are older children, of course. They're in college, except for the young one. He's uh, 13, you know. And um, a brother had mentioned we have three generations of uh, in the nation. Well, I was blessed uh, uh, many years ago. I was captain, then became the student minister in Norfolk, Virginia. And during that time, I had married into a family that um, the, 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 uh, my wife is a second generation in the nation of Islam. So, and that's brother, uh, her parents were, uh, our, pardon me, Sister Evelyn and brother Richard Muhammad. And of course we have children now. So um, we're blessed that we're all in unity and harmony with the teaching. You know, my children have never, you know, been in the uh, white man's school. You know, I'm, uh, I was an assistant principal and certified to teach math and science and military history. And um, when the minister taught us years ago to take our children out to school, we did that. And uh, yeah, one sure. of my sons, uh, you know, uh, not to give all the information out, but they're doing well. I just leave it at that. And so um, one of the things that we want to start talking about first is the farming and it's important to our community. You know, most cases when we talk about farmers, particularly black farmers, and if we ask most of our people, to uh, identify black farmers, most of them don't know any black farmers. Mm. And fact right. about it, if we ask our people about the contributions that black farmers are making to the community, they can hardly think of any. And it's like that by design. You know, mm, the right. enemy, <laughs> the enemy knew that farming. And the black farmer in particular, since we're the chosen people of God, and, you know, we were promised prom promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So if you're going to have Go milk, ahead. you got to have cows. If you're going to have a honey, you got to have bees. And that also right. implies production of food. And so the enemy knew the promise made to us by Allah God. So he went to work on the farmer because in order to be an independent people or nation, you got to be able to produce your own food and necessities. And knowing that, he went to work to destroy the black farmer and take away the land from black farmers. And now our community is completely in the hands of the enemy to feed us. And by him having almost, I'm going to say almost, complete control of the food that goes into our mouths. He can determine our health spiritually, mentally, and physically, and also determine our life expectancy. Mm -mm. You know, I was doing a little wow. research, Brother Yusuf, and mm -hmm. um, it was I was reading this through the final call, and I went to some research to determine life expectancy, particularly of Africa, you know. So I went to look, and Africa, I think Japan was at the top, and it was only like 84 years. And at the bottom third was all African nations 
And it wow. bothered me because the one that it showed with the least least life expectancy was only 50 years of age. Mm-hmm. And um, people were excited, according to what I read, because life expectancy in Africa overall has increased from 46 years of age to uh, uh, 56 years of age. And I'm like, wow, that's something. So then I said, well, why mm-hmm. is it like that in Africa? It shouldn't be like that. Well, then I found out that 85% of the food is imported, all right? Mm-hmm. It's supplied by the enemy. And there we have it. So it is. the enemy is controlling the food source, all right? And, all right, he's poisoning the water, all right, in Africa. Right. Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem, you know. And so um, when we look at black America, our situation is no different. The enemy, since we've come here or were brought here to America, has controlled the food source and has used it for control measures, and uh, he's weaponized the food. You know, right. so our health, all right, part of it, is it's um, dependent on the enemy feeding us. And that's one of the areas, particularly for black farmers, that I've noticed he really doesn't allow black farmers to get into. Now, we're not talking about, you know, you see black farmers on the corner hustling watermelons or something like that. That's not what we're talking about. And the program that we want to present to you is not talking about a hustle. We're talking about, on a commercial level, providing food to black people, our community. That's what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did. You know, when he opened up uh, your supermarkets, when he uh, got into agriculture and started providing food, if you look at his blueprint, and really what we're presenting is modeled after what the most Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, had done, his guidance, in fact about it, if you go to Message to the Black Man, you got to get that book. On page right. 200, he gives clear guidance and instruction. Listen to what he says, right? He says, first, go to the farm. Then he says, um, till. Grow your own food, store, warehouse, and preserve for the season. All right. I looked at that, and this is, uh, if you have your book open, page 200, go to paragraph 6. I looked at that, I'm like, wow, that's what black farmers need to do. You know, we're blessed here, and, and we live in Southampton County, Virginia, and uh, we were blessed. Uh, Allah has placed us on, and he, he put us here, on 66 acres of land. The land we're on has been in black hands since we were emancipated. You know, and uh, the family who uh, we were blessed to purchase the farm for, um, they had five daughters and no sons. And there's some commercial chicken houses up here, and two of his daughters were married, but their husbands did not want to get into farming. And so... uh, We weren't looking for, and I'm being honest now, you know, we got to be honest. We weren't looking for a farm. 
we were trying to come back here to Virginia because we were living in North Carolina. I was at that time an assistant principal, and I was working on, I had just started working on my doctorate. We were trying to come back close to uh, our families here in Virginia. And the uh, the family that we uh, purchased the farm from, his wife had uh, nine acres and a home that belonged to her mother. And so we uh, went to see it, but we weren't interested in it. But when we got back to the farm, the father who was sickly, he wanted the farm to stay in black hands. So he asked us, would we be interested in uh, buying his farm? And so um, we, because it had an existing business, we said, okay, we would do all we could. First, if we could secure a contract for that business, because you have mm-hmm. to have, you know, if you're going to have a farm, you got to make money. And right, part right. of the reason mm-hmm. that um, we lose our farms is because we don't have the resource, the money coming in to sustain the farm, not, you know, uh, for generations to come. And so it can't be a hustle. It can't be where you're growing some watermelons, and uh, and then when watermelon season's over, you know you you you're not making money. The average, what I've seen here in Virginia, the average uh, annual income for black farmers, guess how much it is? It's only ten thousand dollars. Well, wow. If your farm is only making ten thousand dollars, if you have children, they cannot and will not stay there on that farm, and the farm cannot provide them with a home transportation, and the ability to take care of their families. And the enemy yes, knows this. Well, Brother Shelton, you know? may I interrupt you? I know you're flowing, brother, and it's, it's so beautiful. Yes, I really hate to, 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 to interrupt you, but it's just that so many things are coming to mind. And uh, one, you mentioned Southampton County, and I think that's the area where Nat Turner did what Nat Turner was blessed to do in that area. Number two That's is right. uh, when you spoke to the condition of the black farmers on the or in the Final Call newspaper dated August 30th. Last week it has an article, Sister Nisa Islam Muhammad wrote an article on page five about black farmers face another broken promise. And uh, you right. know the name Brother John W. Boyd Jr., who's the founding president yes, of the National Black Farmers Association. You know, and, and has, of course, our dear brother, Dr. Ridgely Mukmeen Muhammad in it. So that's that's what came to my mind, beloved. I know, um, as you laid that base so beautifully, what came to my mind is uh, the the objective of this uh, black family, uh, black farmer and black community survival program. And you had four points. I don't know if you have it in front of you. But could you share that with our listening audience as, you know, um, the solution as you see it in this area and, you know, of course, uh, uh, home and abroad, if you will. And then I'll let Brother Rudolph ask any questions because I know he's loaded up because you presented such a beautiful opening, Brother Shelton. But I just wanted to share what came to my mind as we're at the bottom of uh, the hour at 427 Eastern Standard Time. And so go right ahead, Brother Shelton. Do as a lot of thank you for that, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, thank you. You know, I get passionate about this, and I kind of go sometimes. But 
Listen, okay. this program, we love it. <laughs> this program is an officially organized system of activities from the teaching of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad that would cause a drastic paradigm shift in the lives of the black farmer and the black community. All right. This program will establish a relationship between the black farmer and the black community that I believe would move the black community from its march towards death and the black farmer from his march toward extinction. Now, there are four key elements, and then I'm going to get into some of the things the program will provide. All right, the first key element, all right, Minister Parakhan taught us that there has to be first a relationship with Allah God, all right, because there's a direct relationship between our success and our relationship with Allah God and our failure in our relationship with Allah God. In fact, about the minister stating the criterion that, you know, uh, he was speaking to farmers. He said, look, you don't, if, if we make that relationship with Allah, we don't have to ask for rain. Allah knows we need rain. You know, I had somebody ask me the other day, well, what about famine? You know, you know, how can you grow food during famine? Well, we believe in the, the presence of God. And if That's we're right. in harmony with his will and we're striving to be righteousness, righteous and working out his will, he'll cause it to rain. He give us sun. He give us what we need as long as we're trying to be in harmony with his will. Now, also, it requires unity, all right? There has to be a relationship between the black community and the black farmer. Both need each other to survive, and I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. And then there has to be, of course, you got to have land, and you got we got to produce our own food. In fact, about it, not just food, we have to uh, be able to control our water supply because they're killing us mm-hmm. with the water also. And finally, mm-hmm. there has to be a community, I call it a community protection force. All right, we've got to protect our women and our children and our community. You know, sometimes we talk about Black Wall Street. And as we uh, go back and look at the history, we were able to build over 60 towns, but they were under the protection of um, the federal troops until the Great Compromise. When they pulled that, those troops, then the enemy destroyed our community. So whatever we develop, we're talking about food because if you really think about it, the enemy never wanted us to get into food production. So we're mm-hmm. in war when we try to initiate a program like this. And what would this program do? First, it will make the black farmer relevant, productive, and vital to the survival of the black community. All right, it will provide the necessary resources for the black farmer to maintain, sustain, and advance his farm. The black farmer does not have the resources because he's not tied to the community and he's not producing for his community. In fact, about it, the black farmer is not even thinking about producing for his community, not on a commercial level. Those black mm. farmers who, who have large farms, what they're producing, they're doing the same thing the enemy is doing. They're producing cotton. They're producing uh, soybeans. They're producing mm-hmm. peanuts. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they're producing the same thing the enemy is producing, and he's just giving it right to them. But as far mm-hmm. as food, what we eat every day, the corn, you know, the uh, navy beans, you know, the cabbage, he's not producing those things in a way. Like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that he could preserve for the season. And that's one of the things that we were blessed to do, and I'm going to share that with you in a moment. Now, if uh, the, uh, the, this program will provide the quality of food that will help to improve the overall health of the black community, getting food directly from the black farmer, 
all right? It should be a better quality food because it won't have all the pesticides. And, of course, right. food like that wants to improve our health, all right? Also, we know inflation is coming. We are oh, continuing to grow, pardon me. We know that a great famine is coming. You know, a lot of times we talk about, uh, you know, in the nation we have the uh, survival kit. And I remember mm-hmm. Doc saying, Dr. Lee, what are you going to do when your survival kit ran out? And some mm-hmm. of the believers at that time said, we're going to go to the mosque. You know, some people may go to the church. He said, what you going to go there for? Ain't no food there. You know, our thinking in terms of survival has to be beyond six months or a year. We're talking about mm-hmm. a continual source of food to take us into the here until Allah does what he's going to do. And, you know, I don't know how he's going to do it, you know, but I do know we have to think for years and not months and a year. Right. You know, in terms of a uh, food of a, a source of food on a continual basis. And the black farmer is key to that and providing food to the black community. Now, during inflation, all right, if food comes directly from the black farmer, the prices can be kept lower than they would getting them from your other stores. Food is going up. But from a direct source, the, the, uh, uh, without all the pesticides and what they're spending on those genetically modified seeds, all right, and then the middleman, all right, food directly from the local farmer, the prices can be lower than they would uh, from your uh, your stores, you know, your, mm. your stores in your community. Also, this program can provide jobs, especially for our youth, but also our youth don't see any value in, in farming. But if they know that they can, uh, in their mind, make money, and you can all right, if you do the right thing, then they will get into farming because they know they would know that look, this nation makes billions of dollars, all right, selling food. Well, we should be able to do the same thing. But we just don't know That's how right. to do it and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us in that book how to do it. All right. It also will lessen food insecurity to desist in the survival of the black community, especially during the great uh, predicted famine, you know. Again, that relationship with Allah, God, and um, the community, all right, with the farmer will bring in food from the farmer because, like the minister taught us, Allah didn't come here to uh, destroy us. And so I believe he set people in place to help feed us during this time of uh, uh, turmoil that we're about to go through, this very dark hour. So the unity of the farmer is key to the black community, you know. And this also will help break one of the essential elements of dependency and control the enemy has on black people, which is the production of food. We're not producing food. In fact, if you go to any local community store, all right, go in the store, be it Walmart, Food Line, Harris Teeter, some of these stores, some of they buying local. Go to any shelf or any frozen food area, all right? Find products that are there on a consistent basis that are provided by black farmers. You can't do it. We can't do it. There are not even HBCU schools that we go to that the black farmer is providing food to. The question is why not? That's right. Why not? We're the solution to that. Let me tell you what, the, what uh, we've been best to do since we've been here on the farm and how this program came about. It came about, of course, by 
of studying the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And what he put on page 200, and our uh, being blessed to see how farming is done on a commercial level, he said, okay, that's what the messenger did. All right, he opened up your supermarket and provided food. Mm-hmm. We got to do the same thing. We have to set up mm-hmm. stores in our community, but it's going to take the unity of the community to do that, you know. And um, in uh, commercial agriculture, there are contracts with uh, farmers. In order for a program like this to work, you know, we met with a lot of black farmers when we first got here. And those farmers don't trust our people, just like our people don't trust one another, because mm. they've been bitten by our people. One brother that right. I talked with recently about this program, it's a farmer, he's a brother Shelton, only because you said that you would give us some, you know, we could get some money up front based on the contract to help with seed, you know, to help with some label, fuel, and things of that nature. I'm with you. He said, but, you know, other than that, I wouldn't do it because he said he had just planted two acres, all right, of corn for some black people. And he, when it came time for harvest and for them to pay up, they told him they couldn't do it right now and just, you know, wanted to think about next year. And so that's part of the problem with black farmers, and that's what they told us when they got here. Right? They don't mm-hmm. trust black people to keep their word. So we have to establish a relationship of trust, you know, among the black farmers and the black community. But we got to organize the community. You know, we just right. don't want to survive this thing. All right, we want to come out strong. That's me. You know, so the only way we can do it, of course, we got to connect with the law and follow the guidance that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan are providing to us, and they gave it to us in the books and the teachings and the writings, you know, and the lectures. And so we're saying that this program, all right, uh, is based on and rooted in that guidance. It's to connect the black farmer with the black community. We have to set up stores. You know, I was talking with some pastors the other day and uh, about the program. And, you know, and, uh, and I've talked with some of the ministers in the nation as well. As famine kicks in, you know, as uh, inflation continues to rise, how's your mosque or your church going to survive? You know, we got to take that question. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's a good question because if it comes down to food, homes, fuel, our people are going to hold that thing because, it's, you know, because they got to go to work, they got to eat. So to give in charity, co-pastor, you know, they're not going to tie it like they used to tie So unless mm-hmm. we provide a service to our people, and Minister Farrakhan said that, he said we got to serve our people, you know, unless we meet their necessities. And the first necessity, we got we to be like Jesus. You got to feed our people. And the only way we can feed our people, all right, we got to go to the farm. We got to tie the, the farm to the community. Tie the farm, each church, each mosque should have a store, you know, or something there where they can bring in food, all right, to feed right, well, our look, people. We agree with and, you, Brother Shelton. We agree with you, Brother. You on it. I just wanted to ask Brother Rudolph, Brother, brother Rudolph, uh, uh, are you feeding your flock, sir? Feed your flock, Brother Rudolph. Feed your flock, sir. <laughs> is, is he still there? I know he was having a problem with his transmission. But yeah, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, I'm here. 
There you no, go. No, I'm okay. here, but and, and, and I'm gonna say this real quickly, and brother Shelton, let you get back to it, cause, cause, cause you on it. As my father used to say, you spot on, brother. And we, and, and this is what we need to hear, because we are people that learn by repetition. So we have to constantly right. be hearing this for it to stay fresh in our mind and inspire somebody to move our one. The distrust of yeah. us was sown into us by our open enemy. We perpetuate it by not being people of our work. How in the street we used to have a saying, but you you know back on the streets of New York, we used to say, World is bomb. That's right. Yeah, world is bomb. That's right. But that's just that's right. just words now. It's just words. There's no substance behind it. There is no truth to the fact that I, I will give my life before I, my word fail away. No, people just give their word now just to shut you up so they don't have to hear you bothering them no more about whatever it is you're looking right. for. That's all. That's, That's all. So it's the character, the moral character, and the ethical values have all but gone away out of the black family because we have given them up in order to assimilate with our open enemy thinking that our open enemy has Yes, sir. And now he's a kind of gentler murderer. Go ahead, Brother Shelton. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, Boy, one, and this is really, you know, we had a, a, we were blessed to have a meeting with Minister Farrakhan in 2013. Dr. Wrigley uh, invited, it was six of us who invited us to Chicago. We ended up, and this was during the Savior's Day, we ended up the day after Savior's Day, meeting with the minister at the farm in the guest house in Michigan. And, um, you know, we have chicken houses, and we talked about the chicken houses and um, and some other things. And out of that, an assignment came. You know, I didn't know, brother, in truth, that it was an assignment, too. One of the brothers who does security came to me. He's a brother Shelton, you got your assignment, you know. And uh, it is to go get our brothers, train them, to put them to work on the farm. And understanding what that means, it took a while because – when you're talking about these young brothers or old men, it don't matter. You know, you're talking about sustaining them or helping to sustain them for a period of time. Well, what we were blessed to do is based on what the enemy does. And so we were blessed. We packaged, and this happened during the pandemic, we packaged uh, what we call a vegetable blend. You know, we put everything in this vegetable blend except tomatoes for bean soup because during the pandemic, we were blessed to serve the region uh, Navy beans. And mm-hmm. we noticed that, uh, you know, this generation wants convenience. So we, we came up with a, what we call a vegetable blend. It has peppers, red, green, uh, yellow. It has uh, carrots. It has onions. It has uh, celery. Everything for bean soup except the tomatoes. Well, and then we, you know, started selling that. But it's packaged because the messenger said preserved for the season. I looked at this a while. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. Talked with some other people because in order to be able for the black farmer to serve our people, he has to be able to produce food and sell food year-round. That's what the enemy does. When you go into Walmart and food lines and places of that nature, when you see vegetables, all right, most are not out there as fresh fresh because there's a lot of waste, you know. Most are frozen or canned. So the messenger had a canning operation, all right. So what he was saying was preserve the food. 
warehouse that food, store that food so you can have it for the for the year, you know. And so that's what we started doing. We started uh, preparing food and packaging food and, and uh, freezing it, all right, to sell, first and foremost, for my family. And then we started selling it to uh, other people. And really, uh, uh, D.C. was the first mosque we had started selling it to. But I looked at that and said, wow, that's what we have to do. You know, and so out of, you know, our trials on the farm and then what we just did, we put this program together because it's a way for the black farmer to enter into a contract so he can provide food for our people, but it has to be a package or canned so that it could be placed in stores that we have to set up in our community, you know, um, and it can be sold year-round so he can make money year-round and our people can have better health. So recently what we started doing, we're talking with people, we've been on, on, on radio, radio shows, but also it's more important we've been trying to uh, organize our people, you know, or, because that's the key. You know, in the nation we were taught as FY and we used to, you know, take the brothers out when I was a, a student captain, and because if they were new, we would help them start to get their final call customers, you know. And so in order for a program like this to work, you've got to have a support base. We're saying if you're in the right. city, you've got to have at least 500 to 1,000 supporters, you know. If you've got 500 to 1,000 supporters and you like, uh, uh, you like uh, Sam's Club, you offer them a membership, you know, where they pay a membership See $20. Well, that's giving you seed money. Well, you got a thousand supporters and they'll pay a membership to get a discount on food in your store. Well, that's $20,000, you know, to help operate that store. So then you, you know, because it's going to take, in order for the farmers to produce, the volume is going to have to increase so that they can sustain their farm and it can be done. Even to enter into contracts with black universities, the reason the black farmer doesn't have that relationship because he's not producing on that level unless he, he could grow corn and package the corn and then sell it to the university. We're just not thinking like that because we think like slaves. And then when we do, uh, we're blessed or fortunate for, for the most part to be able to have a farm to do anything, you know, particularly if it's a, a large farm or farms, then we do exactly what the enemy is doing because that's all we know. So we're trying to cause a paradigm shift because the black mm -hmm. farmer needs to provide food to our people, just as our people need the food from the black farmer. If that happens, the farmer is free. Our people's health will increase, all right? That's then right. we can go on about the business of building and uniting this nation. And so that's where we are. We'd love to come wherever to help organize this thing and meet with black farmers because they need to know what they have to do in order to sustain their farm. But they just don't know that the unity is necessary. The enemy don't mind we hustling on these farms. He knows that ain't going to last long. We end up selling or, or renting the land out to the enemy. We don't want to do that. That's what they tried to get us to do. We said, hell no, we're not doing that. That's a hustle. I got children. Mm -hmm. I got to build Ooh. legacy. We got to bring resources here. We don't want to lose our farm. They would love to have our farm, you know. And so we're fighting for the survival of our farm and for black farmers, but also, most importantly, we're fighting for the survival of the people of God until the God come in Christ and take over this thing. So we got to unite our, the, the, uh, our communities with the black farmers. 
you know. And so that's what we've started doing, meeting in cities, putting this message out, creating a unity, all right. Soon we'll start with some of these cities, we'll start bringing in uh, dry goods, you know, dry goods we can get from uh, a Muhammad farm as well as what we can uh, come up with, you know. We start with that yes, because sir. we have to uh, develop, uh, establish a warehouse, all right, with volume of food stored in sort of cold storage facility. That's the that's the big piece to all of this because you got a warehouse mm-hmm. and you got a cold storage facility and you got a can. So we're talking about on a commercial level. Then we can distribute to the different stores, you know, and that's what we have to do. That would help us to survive. We don't want to be in food line. If you got a if you got a, a, a survival kit, you know, you got food for a year. All that means, and this is what I, I'm telling the believers, all that means is that, you know, we ain't going to be in line as suit like everybody else in the beginning, but eventually we're going to be in the same line receiving the same food when our stuff ran out from the enemy. We got to avoid that. We can stop that if we connect with black farmers. And that's what I see. We got to do this, you know. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is Brother Rudolph. Yes, sir. All right. I have a question. I have a question. Yes, okay. Sir. Because we are we pride ourselves on being a solution-based radio program, even though we're going to bring you a problem, but we're also going to bring you a solution. Now, whether you use yes, it or not, that ain't on That's up to you. That's right. So, so, and this is just coming from Brother Rudolph now. This is not black hole radio saying this. Brother Rudolph saying this. If you had to um, come up with, let's just say, a five-point how-to get started on that process of everything that you just said from an area that is doing nothing right now. They have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. So they want to get started. Five points. How do they do it? One, two, three, four, and five. Give it to us. First thing they need to do is organize a small group, all right, so they can get the mind of the pro. You got to organize small first, all right. You have to um, find black farmers and unite with the black farmers. See, the, the problem, let me tell you what the problem is. Uh, we have that, what you just said, we have it. But the black farmers, you got to put them in a different mind. So they have to be educated first on what to do, the black farmers. So it's not a, it's a one, two, three, four, five, but first the mindset of the black farmer has to be changed and the mindset of black people has to be changed. You got to knock that, you, it won't work without that happening first. So um, that has to be ha- happening first. There has to be a, um, uh, so a, I'm going to say a meeting of the mind. You got to bring them together, small group, and present the program to them. Then the, the okay. community has to be organized. It's a door-to-door program getting supporters in that area, depending on the size of the town or the city, how many black people are there. Door-to-door getting supporters, just the names and the numbers at first, you know, because, you know, black people want to see something. And so you right. get the names and the supporters first. All right. At the same time, you got to present the program because our people have to be educated. They would not support it as long as they see Hardy's, McDonald's, Burger King, and their local supermarkets. So they have to know why they have to do this. Then they're more apt to support. When we met with a group a couple of weeks ago on the 13th, all right, they came in one way. Before we left, you know, they were 100% 
Well, what we have to do, now we have to follow up with the next step. So it's a, a step-by-step process because we're trying to do it like the message you said while it's easy. So first, you got to bust up and introduce uh, 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 the idea to black farmers. Got to meet with black farmers, and you got to meet with our community. You know, just certain ones. I'm going to say the leadership of those who can't organize the community. Once you get a meeting established with them and present the program, because they have to see it and understand the value of it, because it's going to take some people doing the groundwork. The groundwork is a door-to-door program to get the community support, also finding the farmers in that area who are doing something, you know, or uh, if it's not too far, you know, you can transport food. But those are the, are the keys. Is that that connection between the two, but they have to be educated first because they won't see the value of it, brother. And I had to say it like that. You know, it'll be easier when famine is in the land. You say, okay, here's, here's here's something. But we have to get we have to do what we have to do before then because we got to make it easier. So it has to be some meetings first. Got to organize. Okay. I don't know if I answered your question, brother Rudolph, but it starts with I know you see five points. I, I got it written down. I just don't have it in front of me, but it starts with no, 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 they got to be educational things. Yes, sir. No, that's fine, Brother Shelton. That's fine. I, uh, you said something, and so as you were talking, like our people, I'm short-sighted. I lost sight of the last two points you said because I was so stuck on something that you said, and it was the major thought in my head then. Okay, where can people find black farmers is there like a directory or something of the black farmers are in each region in each state in each county is does something like that exist already yes sir you can in any state you're in you can google black farmers and you get a list of black farmers you know and what they're doing good so the first point is our people need to go to Google and Google black farmers in my area. Right, that's right. And get that list of black farmers in our in the area that you live in. That's the first thing. Then once they have that list, now what do they do with it? Then you got to have a meeting, brother, with the black farmers. You got to have the mentality in black farmers has to be busted up. You know, okay. and so when you're talking about most black farmers are not thinking about producing on a commercial level, right? Because we weren't taught that we weren't taught to serve our people like that, and so so we you first you got to talk with the black farmers and you have to organize our people and talk with them because you got to have some foot soldiers to do this, okay. and that's a door to door. To get the support, you got to have the support. Think about it. If you got a thousand people supporters, even if you don't have a building yet, if you're bringing, I'm going to say, some some carrots, it don't matter what you're talking about, some navy beans, you you send out a text to a thousand people, you bring in a, a truckload of a navy beans, well, hell, they're gone. You know, so it's that type of organization that has to be. So then when you set up your store, you already got the support for the store. The issue is getting the support, you know, because ain't no need to produce if you don't have anybody to sell it to. Right. Mm-hmm. So there has to be, if you 
called it the farmers together first because, again, that mentality has to be broken. They need to see the vision and know right. that, that why the, the uh, unity is important because they're on the island right. out there by themselves, and everybody's yeah. against them. So they're just doing their little hustle. Uh, we got to think beyond hustle. We got to think nation. We got to think larger than that. And that's what this program would do. It would give us a vision. The messengers program would give us a, a vision beyond our little selves. You know, to serve okay. black people. Yeah. Black farmers are not serving the black community. Okay. And most yeah. ain't even thinking about serving the community on that level. They hustle yeah. free, whatever. But that's it, because it's a hustle. They're not thinking on a commercial level. We're trying to get them to think on a commercial level, but it's going to take unity. Because one farmer may have beef. We got a brother here who does uh, uh, Cornish hens, but he don't have a market. You know, he got a small market, but we could increase that with the unity. That's and so right. we got different unity. farmers doing different things. So it don't take one farmer doing everything. You know, now on our farm, we could do a lot of it ourselves. I said, no, we don't want to do that. How come? Because we want the unity of the other farmers, and we want the farms to get up and grow so that their children can inherit something, some legacy, and we can grow this thing. You know, we can feed a lot of people with unity among the black farmers. Right. And that's what we have to the unity. Got to do it, you know, brother. And, and we, need, brother. we need, we need, we need. The city should be organized. You know, the communities have to be organized, and that's key. So to start with, you got to identify the farmers, got to meet with the farmers, got to organize the community. You know, those are the two keys. Without those two pieces, it'll never happen. It'll never okay. happen. Well, let me just say this, brother. brother. Hold your thought, Brother Rudolph. I have to play time. We're at 4.57. Uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I know there's another guest we're going to segue into that will speak to uh, disaster preparedness as well, but we want to give Brother Shelton, in addition to whatever uh, uh, closing questions you have, Brother Rudolph, for Brother Shelton. Brother Shelton, um, you know, whether you address Brother Rudolph's question or not, please include how we can stay, our listening audience can stay in contact with you if there's a phone number or a website. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we added that as we, you know, move forward. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to our dear brother, Brother Shelton Muhammad here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And I don't know about you, but he gave us an assignment to look into as it relates to the black farmer and black community survival programs. So go ahead, Brother Rudolph, Brother Shelton. I just wanted to keep us in tune with the time. Thank you, brothers. No, uh, because what I'm hearing, I just wanted to put this out. What I heard from Brother Shelton was there's a two-fold solution, two prongs, have to happen at the same time because not everybody is designed to do everything. So... The community has to be organized to see that they are in need of, and then the black farmers have to be organized to see that they are the answer to the community's problems. Now, as a medical person, I can kind of speak into the mindset of the black farmer. The black farmer is in a survival mode. He's not in a living mode. And so the survival right. mode, which most of our people are in, you can't see 
what you tried to see to the end of the day. And if you make it through the end of the day, now you start the whole process all over again. When you wake up wow. tomorrow, you get to go back 24-hour period. So you never get the luxury of being able to sit down and forecast uh, and project because you're always in survival mode. So the survival mode mindset has to be busted up. Got it. Okay. First of all, Brother Sheldon, we need a date for you when you're coming back to this program so we can go further into this. And second of all, we're going to talk offline because where you are right now, geographically, I have family in that geographic area. And so um, um, I'm going to send you some help because they need to be educated so they can bring it back to the larger family and let the larger family know what needs to be done. But you can't give your and a way people can contact you. And uh, if you can hang with us, hang with us, because the second hour is going to tie right into what you're talking about, inshallah. But we definitely need a, 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 a date from you uh, when you can come back so we can go further into this. Yes, sir. Um, a phone number where uh, we can be reached is 757 757- Five five six twenty three eighty one seven five seven five five six twenty three eighty one. The email is Muhammad Family Farm at gmail dot com. Again, Muhammad Family Farm at gmail dot com. And what we can do, uh, I'll get with Brother Yusuf. Uh, Allah willing, and we'll schedule another time, uh, and we definitely want to come back. And, in fact, we would love, you know, if anyone uh, is interested in establishing this program, would get in contact with us. We, we'll come, you know. We'll come because we just want our people to, to get through this. We want to survive this thing and come out strong. And so if you want to organize it, and we can help you, and so give us a call or email us, and, uh, but there's some stuff you got to do first. You got to pull some farmers together, you know, pull yes, some sir. of the pastors and the leaders together, and the movers and shakers together, and we can come and talk and help to organize, but then you all got to go to work, you know. But we can, right. by the help of Allah, share with them the vision of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and what we need to do to, uh, in terms of what farmers and the community, like he did, you know. And so, um, again, the phone number is 757-556-2381. And unfortunate, dear brother, I, I have to get back to the phone. <laughs> and uh, there's some unfinished stuff I have to do. And but Allah willing, uh, we definitely will be back on your program uh, to, uh, for a week or say part two. All praise yes, is due to Allah. Thank you, Brother Shelby. Please give your family the greetings on behalf of our family here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And you know I know them personally, so please share my heart with them. Love your your your, your family, beloved. Yes, sir. Thank you, beloved. Love you all, and keep up the good work. Love you too, brother. You keep up the good work. Stay strong, because we need you, brother. We need you. Praise be to Allah. We need you as well, brother. Thank you. May Allah bless you all. Assalamu alaikum.
Walaikum salam, sir. Beautiful. Beautiful. Man, Brothers and sisters. Yes, yes, yes. We were listening to our dear brother, Brother Shelton Muhammad, who was representing the black farmers and black community survival program. And he certainly gave us an assignment. He gave us something to ponder. And you know, Brother Rudolph, when you said it was a two-pronged solution, two things came to my mind as he was addressing the points you asked him to address was that when you talk about educating our people and the farmers and the leadership, it reminds me of the study guide, the new educational paradigm that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan put together. And number two, may Allah be pleased with our dear sister, sister, student minister, Ava Muhammad, the official national spokesperson to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. She, she used to say the study guides were two-pronged solutions. He said once you learn the theory, then you have to turn it into practical application. Well, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to eat, you got to put a seed in the ground. You got to pray first. Put a seed in the ground, and as the scripture says, some plant the seed, some water the seed. But it's Allah who gives increase. So here we are at 505, brothers and sisters. Again, we want to thank our dear brother, Brother Shelton Muhammad, for his contribution to our program today. And Brother Rudolph, I don't know if our uh, additional guest is in the studio. Yes, he is. He is. Go right ahead, beloved. The floor is yours. All right. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. All right. Uh, yeah, family. Um, all right. Now, coming next to the mic is a brother who is well-known in the nation of Islam. He's originally, I believe, from St. Louis, but now he's down in Georgia. And, of course, along the way, just as the BN it is, there was some movement. There was some traveling. There were some things being done. There were some uh, 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 um, things being put into place. And Brother is now one of the founders of Ready Expo. Now, I know, yeah, people say, hey, what you talking about Ready Expo? Ready Expo. ReadyXPO.com. You got time. You got a smartphone. Google it while I'm talking to you. And you, what you're going to see is you're going to see uh, something taken to the next level that I've been talking about, Brother Yusuf, you and I have been talking about with Brother Barry and uh, uh, Brother Aton Edwards for the last 30, more, almost 35 years. That's but they're right. taking it to the next level now, and they've put the visual to it. So as soon as you go to the website, it's a beautiful display um, that's appealing to the eye. And then as you scroll down, you get to reading. It's formatted in a way that you can understand exactly. And they, they paint the picture for us, and it, you can see exactly what time it is. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying this to be divisive or separatist of anyone. I'm saying this to emphasize to us that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is right and exact, and he said that we must do for self and kind. He also said uh, that 
we must do for self or suffer the consequences. That's right. Well, I think it's clear to, to understand we have not done for self. That's why we're suffering consequences right now. So it's time mm-hmm. to change that. But in doing for self and kind, you know, this term preppers, preppers, we hear it a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and they got shows on TV, Doomsday Preppers and this prepper and that prepper. And if you watch it, the prevailing or the uh, 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 common nationality in all of it is very rarely do you see people of color in any of those uh, uh, um, situations. It's very mm-hmm. rare to see a person of color in there. Okay? Well, this brother that we're going to hear from now has decided to do our own proper situation. You know, whenever we get into something, we just change the, because we are the X in every equation. We are that unknown variable that changes the equation. So we just bring a different swag to it. So our prepping is going to be, you, you know, not like the dance the prep that was out a couple of years ago, so from what they tell me, Brother Yusuf, but that dance was hot, you know, down in, especially down in the <laughs> Norfolk area. Yeah, but anyway, I'm digressing. No, no, but no, we're going to prep and we're going to step with style. And the reason that it's going to happen is because, one, we are tied to the God who is in control of all that was, is, and will be. We That's are right. direct descendants of the, of the shot caller. Okay, of the day. And mm. once we are in line with his mind, then we have no choice but to put our hands and feet to work to produce what he wants, and his will then becomes our will, and then the will of the Almighty takes precedence in the land. So without further ado, brother, uh, I want to bring our brother, Brother Ghazi Muhammad, to the line. Brother Ghazi the mic is yours. The floor is yours. Introduce yourself to to the family, and let's get it going. Big brother. Waalaikum salam, brother Gandhi. How are you and the family, sir? Man, we are blessed maintaining our sanity, brother. Yeah, uh, you know, I want to thank you and brother Lisa for uh, blessing us to even break your mic and, and, and be on this show. I'm sorry, the name of the ride to be posted. Adambalaj Muhammad and Joshua Christ, and we thank them both for our leader, the Honorable Minister. I thoroughly enjoy. Okay, can you hear me better? Much oh, better. Be 1,000. Okay, yes, sir. Yeah, so I, yeah, um, I, man, I thoroughly enjoy my brother Chelsea. Um, presentation, and I, I took his number down, but I, I went to me with what Brother Sheldon was doing at, at Muhammad's family farm, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. But um, so, so I'll talk about a, a little bit about, you know, what we have going on. Um, I am originally from St. Louis. Um, my wife and I, we were both in, in the Phoenix, Arizona area for 15 years, and we decided to come down here to, to Georgia to, to get some land. Um, we totally new farmers. So we put in like a different twist. You know, I love the way you said, you know, we put our own flavor uh, on it. When you put the, the X in that already Expo, Brother Rudolph, because that's exactly what, you, you know, we all about. You know, I always tell people, you got to put your own flavor, you know, your own hot sauce on something because you're unique. 
and uh, nobody had your flavor on them. You know, nobody got the exact sort of exact set of history and experiences and so forth. So every last one of us got our own unique flavor, and we just got to put our flavor on everything that we do. And so my wife and I, we decided to purchase a uh, 25-acre uh, land. And to be honest, we didn't know what the hell we was going to do, brother. To be honest, we, we had some land. <laughs> we knew we wanted to grow some food. But we, I mean, nothing about us said farm. You know, outside of our great-great-grandparents, that some of them whom we never met who had farms. Um, other than that, you know, we had no direct connection to any farmer growing food or anything. It was just an inspiration. You know, we listened to, of course, a clip of the minister talking about land, and, um, you know, we just decided to sell a house and, you know, make a move under some certain circumstances to come to Georgia and get some land. And we didn't know exactly what we was going to do. But since we've been here, you know, and it's been a year and, like, six months now, um, you know, we've been blessed. I mean, like heavily blessed by, by the grace of the God to um, create 25 different streams of income from the land. So we don't just focus on just agriculture. You know, we also deal with the agribusiness, agritourism, and I think that's something that landowners, not just a black farmer, because when you say black farmer, you just see this growing food. But I think when you say landowner, there are so many other things you can do on the land to make money. And, in fact, when we go and visit other farms of other ethnic groups, they're doing a lot more to make money than just growing food because they competing. When you're growing food, you know, like the brother was saying, I mean, you're competing with, I mean, you know, the big companies on the commercial level. So, you know, you got the little small, um, like, farmer's markets and the little pop-up shops and things like that, people, because it is a grassroots movement of people who want to eat healthy and things like that. But there are so many other things that we can do with the land. And, you know, what came to my mind is in our lessons, you know, we taught how much of the useful land is used by the original man, how much of the useful mm-hmm. land is used by the colored man. So when I, talk, when I think about that lesson, when we got here, that lesson didn't really mean that much to me until we got land. I, I, I read mm-hmm. it. I recited it years ago, but it didn't really mean that much to me, to be honest, until we got land. And then I told my wife, I said, well, hell, how much of this land are we going to use then? And what are we going to use it for? So, so we began to think of ways that we can use what we had on that. How can we use it to generate money, to sustain ourselves? So in a year and a half, to going from zero experience, never being around chickens, never being around cows, we got a pond on the, on, the, on the property. I never went fishing before in my life until I got this land. I didn't even know how to hold a fishing pole. And I caught my first fish. You would think I caught Moby Dick, brother. I caught a little, like a tadpole. And I was jumping up and joy, like I was happy to catch my first little fish. And the brothers, they throw it back in. No, we ain't throwing nothing back in. I caught, we eating this, bro. I caught it, you know. But I didn't know nothing. But now, by the grace of Allah, you know, we, we've had far over, well over a 1,000 people to come visit us from across the country. And um, many people are inspired now to get land. So, you know, we're pushing not just, uh, um, of course, growing food, but also how to sustain yourself. And what really put that in my mind, I had a black farmer come to me who uh, come to come to visit who I met down here in Georgia, and he'd been farming for over 35 years, and he said something to me that piqued my interest. He said, brother, I'm trying to get my farm to where you all are at. Y'all ain't been here a year. I've been doing it 35 years. And what he was saying was all the different ways that we was able to make money. And what I looked at, when I look at his farm, it's like the uh, old school way, like, like it's only one way of dealing with the land. If you ain't plowing it, if you ain't plant the seeds in, then that's it. But he come up here, here, we got tours, we having weddings, we having family reunions, we having birthday parties, we doing all kinds of stuff. And he say, man, how y'all think of that? 
because it's almost like bringing the modern technology, the modern equipment to the process, you know, to get about the cave. You know, of course, That's we right. keep walking in that cave, but we, we got to bring some, some kind of modern approach to it, Beautiful. you know. So that's what we've done, and, you know, and and, and, and and even with the food. So this year, this year, last year, we didn't know nothing about growing the food. So I, I went out in the field, planted some seeds. Man, it was all unorganized. I didn't know that you're supposed to separate the seeds so far. I, I was just totally ignorant to it. And I, 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 I planted a lot of zucchini and tomatoes. And, man, I mean, the weeds started growing a while. Around it. I told my wife, I said, hell, I forgot what we planted the stuff at. Now the grass is growing around it. I didn't know how to kill the weeds. But it started growing. Man, we had so much zucchini, squash, tomatoes, jalapenos, that we couldn't even can all that stuff that fast. My wife went on Facebook to say, who wants free farm fresh vegetables? We had carloads of people. We were giving out bags of vegetables, too, because we didn't want it to go bad, and it had grew that big and that fast. Now, this year, we got a little bit more uh, uh, scientific with it. You know, uh, our great brother here, Brother Patrick Muhammad from Your Faith Farms, you know, a great mentor of ours, no doubt, and an inspiration, who really the brother who found the land for us and mentored us in, in, in many areas of, of dealing with the land and farms. Um, you know, he, he told us how, how to really deal with the raised beds and how to separate it. So we produced over 34 crops that we've harvested this year. And even though we got 25 acres, we did all that on a tenth of an acre. We're talking about a small backyard. So what we want to show people is even if you don't have 1,000 acres, 20 acres, 10 acres in your backyard, I mean, we're doing this in the smaller garden area where we're able to rotate them out. We're able to put this here, put a raised bed right there. And we've able to, I mean, 34 different things that we've harvested, including watermelon and jalapenos and tomatoes and cucumbers and broccoli and cauliflower, all, right, not knowing nothing about it. So we want to show people another end of it. If you're not a massive farmer, quote-unquote farmer on that level, what can you do in your own backyard? And that's what the Ready Expo is about, to really show people what you can do in your own backyard, not only to prepare for survival, but how, how you can sustain yourself in a practical, right-now kind of way. Not, 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 even if you don't know a farmer, if you don't know nobody who farms on a big level, what can you do in your windowsill? What can you do in your backyard? And we learn in different ways in our windowsill to grow microgreens, and then we're blown away. Never heard of this stuff, but we just trying it. We hear it, we move out on it. And try it like, damn, we just made a whole salad in seven days that we can eat. And microgreen, like, <laughs> who do that? I, we never heard that kind of stuff. So, you, you know, the, the, that's what we have, my brother. Man, man, brother Gossi, brother Gossi. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, man. I got a million questions in my head right now. And I'm a, I, I, I'm a rapid fire. I'm like an Uzi at Okay. All right. First of all, brother. First of all, okay. Ready, XPO. I know you talked about it a little bit, but take a couple of minutes and explain it to the listeners exactly where the the concept came from, why, and what it's really about. The whole XPO. Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, you know we had um, over the first year. You know, of course, the, 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 you know, the final call did an article on us. We were new farmers. Uh, matter of fact, we was in the final call twice last year, um, dealing with farmers. Um, you know, may I lobby please with our big sister, Ava Muhammad. Um, you know, we was on her radio show uh, twice, you know, her elevated places and, and her other platforms, um, you know, being interviewed, by, you, know, you know, by her staff and self. And um, so that got a lot of buzz. And a lot of people was, was, was talking about, you know, what we were doing. 
And so um, one of the sisters, um, Sister Karima, who's a realtor here local in, in Georgia, she connected. Um, it's a brother named Hakeem Isla. And uh, on, on Facebook, on YouTube, he's known as the Black MacGyver. His brother's like, you know, he's been on Naked and Afraid, Last Man Out. He's one of them kind of brothers. You know, he's, you know, he, you know, a weapon expert. Um, he, like he, Brother he, Rudolph. Like Rudolph. Brother Rudolph. He's one of them brothers. <laughs> yeah. You, and you know, let me say this, family. Let me say this. Brother Gazi, uh, if I may, brother, I'm, I'm hearing some background noise. I don't know if you're hearing it the same. Oh, yeah. I don't but, know uh, yeah, I don't know what it's okay, no. Okay. Same with somebody else. Yeah, out of respect, yeah, to the to the to the listening audience. Pardon me for interrupting you, brother. I just wanted to make sure you, you oh, would yes, be able to transmit clearer. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you. Yeah, so yes, sir. Thank you, big brother. So the um so the assistant reached out to to Hakeem. Well actually her and Hakeem was talking because Hakeem do some training. And um he's one of the brothers that trained that I, I heard I don't, I don't know if it's brother Rudolph or, or the other brother we're talking about like the preppers camp. So he's one of the brothers that train at them big camps, and it'd be thousands of people there. And he reached out to me, and he said he trained on that level right there, but he can count on one hand the number of black people that be there in them kind of training. Now, he's he, he, he coming as a trainer, not as an attendee. He's one of the trainers. And uh, from a trainer perspective or an attendance perspective, it's very few of us there. So when he, he, when he, when he reached out to him, he said, you know, I would like to bring this to our community bring more information to our community. So he flew down here from he from Carolina. He flew down here, and we have like a, um, a, a a cabin, like an Airbnb house on the property. He stayed for three, four days. We canvassed the land, and, man, the stuff that brothers started doing just blew my mind. We went out in the woods, and the brothers was taking tree bark and making ropes out of it, and he was doing the stuff that wow. I had seen. I was like, man, hey, you do all this stuff, man. The brothers, he was doing all – he one of them kind of brothers, you know, not to just make shelter out of <laughs> the stuff around your neighborhood and get this branch and – he knew what kind of trees and what, how to do the fires and all. So I was really amazed. And so then we had all went out to dinner. And um, from that, you know, you know, we talking about really bringing something to the community. And, 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 and from his visit here, the idea of the Ready Expo emerged, you know. Um, Beautiful. It's something that, that he had been wanting to do, but he wanted to do it on, on, on land that was owned by blacks. He wanted to bring the information more to our community. And so what we have here, we reached out to uh, over, over 20 um, 20, 25 instructors from across the country, and some of them in the nation, some of them not. Some of them are black, some of them are not. Um, but, but these are all people who are very proficient in what they do. And some of the workshops are, are going to be like we're going to teach herbal medicine, farming, canning, emergency medicine. And uh, Brother Ilya Rashad from the research team going to deal with beekeeping and the value of beekeeping, rainwater harvesting, mm-hmm. how to stop bleeding, food preservation, um, we're going to do tiny home build, alternative home construction. It's a brother here, uh, Mr. John Bradley. Brothers Austin, we're taking containers and, and making, like, mansions out of them. I mean, like, immaculate homes out of containers. So he's going to come in and, and deal with the container home. We're going to be blacksmithing, um, tea blends, hunting basics, self-defense, um, nutritional, ham radio. Brother going to teach you about ham radio and how to communicate during disaster, holistic healing, mental health, disaster, um, dealing with the financial side. I heard the brothers speaking earlier about the financial side. Now, my wife, she's, she's really obsessed and very proficient with dealing with the money and the books and, and the records and things like that. So in the last year, you know, you know, we've really learned the business side of farming that many, many farmers are suffering from. It ain't, you know, we can keep saying a white man, a white man, a white man, a white man. Yeah, it's some stuff that's going on. However, what we are saying is that in many regards, 
we're not keeping our books right, our records are not properly, and things mm. like that. So we're not even in a position to take advantage of certain grants and certain loans because we don't have all the I dotted T's crossed. And you know they're going to be looking at us with a fine suit comb with, you know, with the magnifying glass. So we got to have everything right. right. So some, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like our lack of due diligence. And my wife, she's going to be teaching, you know, like the, the, the business side of land ownership because she's thorough with it, the way she do her research and everything. And we sign that with other farmers. So what we want to do is bring people together to show them how you can um, – Grow, grow food wherever you are, how you can recognize edible plants right in your own neighborhood. It may be something right in your own neighborhood. This thing's around this farm, but I was cutting down. I didn't know what the – it's like grass to me, like weeds to me. Mm-hmm. But when people come out here, no, they be like, brother, do you know right. what that is? I'm like, it's like, right. like grass. I, know what you so. mean, but I didn't even know it was all these different types of grass. <laughs> grass, grass. Brothers, I mean, it's 10,000 different – I'm like, man, are you serious? Like, it's this kind yes, of grass sir. and this kind of grass. I didn't know when the horses eat that and the cows eat that, the chicken like that. But so, uh-huh. so how to even forage and recognize things on your land. So the, the Ready Expo is going to take place um, um, October 8th and 9th for the most part. On the 7th, we're going to have um, a 7th, but October 8th and 9th, that Saturday and Sunday is going to be the bulk of it. And it's going to be just a uh, – it's only $75 for the entire weekend um, because we wanted to make it cost-effective. And, and children got a different price, uh, a lower price. Uh, but we're looking forward to, to, to really bringing – some valuable information to the community that can not only help us survive, but to prepare and thrive during any type of situation. And I know when COVID kicked off, I know we taught to have survival kits in the nation. And the brother mentioned that. We taught that. But I know for mm-hmm. a fact that when, it, 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 when COVID kicked off, most believers that I know, they weren't prepared. They didn't have no food. They didn't have no water. And we didn't have all that. We was going to the store, too, trying to buy all the beans. Like, I ain't no beans. Man, you know that because right. we just wasn't prepared. That's right. And that's because of finances and we working. And so, you know, even though we taught that as a nation, I know too many believers that just was not prepared, you know. So, and so, so we want to bring to the table, not just, and now I'm learning that preparation is beyond just having beans and water. Because this thing is right that's on your right. hand, you can do what, like, like, but say, I mean, what if you run out? Then what can you do? How can you grow microgreens mm-hmm. in seven days and have your salad every seven days? You know, I, I, you know, I do that, but it can be done. How you can speed up the process. You know, we got chickens with eggs. and I mean, there's certain things that can be done that we can sustain ourselves, at least from, from a, especially we doing how to eat to live. One meal a day, one meal a day, we can really sustain ourselves, you know. And um, so that's what we want to bring. That's right. With the radio expo. Well, my brothers, brothers and sisters, we're listening to Brother Ghazi Muhammad of the Ready Expo, XPO. Praise be to Allah for your uh, due diligence, brother, to hear the most high order your steps and make firm your feet that you would end up where you end up. Because first of all, let me say, this is Brother Yusef Muhammad speaking. Um, your website is, is quite impressive, brother. When I went to it, and I'm on it now, speaking of the ultimate survival expo, as our dear brother said, you can learn about prepping homesteading, and everything in between. This expo is going to take place on October 7th through the 9th, 2022, in Villa Rica, Georgia. And, uh, I mean, it's an event for educating individuals and families in areas that will build stability, sustainability, and freedom. Over 25 classes to attend, our dear brother, Named uh, quite a few of them, 
preparations for a sustainable future in uncertain times, the answers you need for the security you want. So, brother, I I, I applaud you on behalf of uh, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. We look forward to networking further with you, your family, your inner circle, as we're glad that we have Brother Shelton on so you can partnership with him or whatever law sees fit. We say part of a community strategy or relation strategy is community involvement, community investment, community partnership, or community risk reduction. So uh, the, the instructors, man, man, it just looks like such a comprehensive program, brother. I, I, I think I'm going to make preparation to go that way. After I, you know, I laughed, Brother Ghazi, because my wife is the same way. Allah blessed me, her, to to uh, get some land and um, not too far from where Brother Shelton is, in fact. And, I mean, I'm a city boy. I, I grew up in urban areas, whether it was Atlantic City, New Jersey, or Harlem, New York, Westchester, New York, Mount Vernon. I, I didn't know too much. I mean, I knew the science of putting the seed in the ground. I knew the Bible was right when some plant the seed and water the seed, but I never really tried it. So this family that's on 20 acres, they said, well, how many, how much land you want? I said, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> they ended up carving out 25 feet wide and 125 feet deep. And so Allah blessed me to, as you said, have more produce than you know, my family could eat, and I really gave it all away. But just like your wife, my wife, she's about them T's being crossed, them I's being dotted. She said, next <laughs> harvest, we're going to go into a little agribusiness on it. You know, I said, well, <laughs> you do what you're born to do, and I'm going to do what I'm born to do, right. you know. So yes, sir. what a beautiful opportunity, and you know, brother. And, and go you right know, ahead, man, sir. I would say, you know, and, and it's so beautiful. To really have that element because we, because I'm really learning. You know, I've met. Uh, I think one of the questions was asked to Brother Chadwick is that a list of black farmers. So you know, you know. So I didn't go on the list. I just really started, man, meeting farmers and asking questions. And you, you know, you go to local tractor supply stores, and I see brothers with some boots on. I say, brother, what you do? He said, I'm a farmer. Oh, brother, we're gonna have it right now. I'm gonna get the number yes, right now. Where your farm at, brother? And we going to the farm. I'm gonna ask a million and one questions. And many of these older farmers that that I've met, the older brothers that've been farming for years, they be so excited because I'm so enthusiastic yes, about it because I'm so new to it. Yes, you know, you come from the hood, you like, well, how you do this? How you do that? And yeah, like, yeah. Man, don't nobody ask these kind of questions, man. So they get excited, you know. And, and, I had and a so, similar you know, experience. I, I really oh, yeah, had a so, similar experience. Not to cut you off because you talk about yeah, questions. We have two people in the studio that may have questions, one from 718 and one from uh, area code 832. But when you talk about the, the elders, there was one I was talking to, brother. He had stopped farming because he had gotten cancer of the trachea and uh, for about five years. But, his family told me, he said, brother, I don't know what you said to him, but whatever you said to him got him so hyped, brother. I went out to the land the next week, brother. He had bought a new air-conditioned tractor, brother. He carved out wow. the land for me. And I said, oh, praise, praise is due to Allah, because I don't know what I yes. said. 
But let's see if we can entertain these callers, uh, Brother Geezer. They may have questions for you. Yes, sir. Uh, Sister Yvette, you want to bring in one of the callers? Assalamualaikum. Can you hear me? Wa alaikum salam. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. How may we serve you? Uh, I know that's Brother Allah right there. Brother Ghazi. Brother Ghazi, that's my little brother right there. He's down there by you. I'm going to give him your number right after the show. He's going to call you. And, um, yeah, and, 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 and we got another dimension to add to your, to your call. Go ahead, Brother. Uh, I'm sorry, Allah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm just calling in, checking in. It's another Friday that Allah blessed us to be together and be able to speak and, and educate and communicate with each other. Um, I want to I wanna congratulate Brother Ghazi for that tremendous step that he took and putting, you know, putting his uh, faith where the word is and making, that, and making that leap and becoming a farmer and going out and getting that land. That's a huge leap for us when we live in these cities and these communities that we live in and giving up the comforts that we have to, 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 to learn and every day is another learning curve and another learning struggle. I, I, I commit, I, I, listen, I, I thank you, brother, for giving us this information. Uh, praise be Allah. Thank you, big brother. And looking forward to speaking more with you. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You'll, you'll, you'll be, I, I also, I also know Brother Patrick. We've had something to talk to. He's a good brother. He's a good brother. I'm sure he gave you some really good pointers and some information on what you need to do out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, actually, you know, when we were looking for land, actually my wife and I, we had, a, in our mind, we just going to buy a house with a couple of acres, grow some tomatoes and cucumbers and, and quote-unquote grow old type stuff, you know. But uh, I, I flew it out of oh. here because we wanted to come back south. And I, I talked to Brother Patrick, and he said, Brother, you ever thought about buying a farm? I said, Hey, you can buy a whole farm? I ain't no farm. What to say? I'm like, People say a farm? And so we had, you know, we had modified our search, and, you know, I, I, so I started looking at actual farms. So, you know, one thing I want to say to a lot of because it, it's a movement to find land. And most of us is just buying raw land with all these trees and all this brush on it and things like that. And one thing I would say to people is, because we bought some land that had, the, had infrastructure already. We got, like barns on it, 14 horse stables on it, a horse arena, it's fenced in. We got well water with two well pumps on it. We got a pond on it. We got an event venue, another building, Airbnb, wow. a house. So all that stuff is on the land. And, and so what, I'm, what I learned from Brother Patrick was that you can buy a farm that's all, when the men say it's for sale, man, that, that's on the, it took me to another level when, when, I, when I started seeing it because it, mm. they're they, they selling it. I mean, farms that already that's in place. So a lot of us is buying raw land, and then we got to figure out the money we got to get to get the electricity on the land, the plumbing on the land, the, the water mm-hmm. on the land, the, the, the buildings on the land. So that's a whole other level of money right there. But there are ways you can buy. And I, I thank a lot for Brother Patrick and his wife because they put in my mind to, to buy something that has, even if the infrastructure is raggedy, you can rehab that. But if you already got pipe mm-hmm. laid and the electric in there and things like that, then it becomes easy. So we just fixed it up piece by piece, born by born, and it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal experience for us. Beautiful. Thank you, Brother Allah, for calling in, Brother. You know, I look at your uh, website at the bo- uh, bottom, Brother Ghazi, and you have this wording, hope <laughs> is not a solution. Preparation is. Empower yourself. 
Empower your family. Empower your community. So, Brother La, I don't know if you have any more questions for Brother Gazi. We have some other people in the uh, in the studio, so I want to get to them before we close out. But I want to give you, if you have another question for our dear brother, and I know you're going to connect afterwards to go deeper into uh, the connections. But uh, thank you, Brother Allah, for calling in, black man. May Allah continue to bless you and your family with success. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. No, we appreciate you, brother. Keep doing what you do. And, uh, Brother Ghazi, I think we're going to be joined by our dear brother, brother Captain Dennis Muhammad, Captain Emeritus, our dear brother from the 832. If you on, Brother Cap, the floor is yours, sir. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. For those who don't know this man, let me just say he's the founder of the Peacekeepers Global Initiative. Go right ahead, Brother Cap. It's good to hear your voice, sir, and pray you and your family are well. Well, first and foremost, I thank Almighty God Allah for giving me another chance that I got up this morning that I can get it right with him. But I'm honored to be on this Sorry I didn't come on in the early, but it seems like there has been some remarkable things that's been done and accomplished by the followers of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad under the leadership of Minister Farrakhan. And that's Mm -hmm. always good news when you hear believers act on the instructions that we were given. I thought it would be befitting to, to read what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us and what the Muslim want. And I think we really appreciate what the Muslim want, number four. Look at this. We want our people in America whose parents or grandparents were descendants from slaves to be allowed to establish a separate state or territory on their own. Either on this continent or elsewhere We believe that our former slave masters are obligated To provide such land as that area must be fertile and materially rich We believe our former slave masters are obligated To maintain and supply our needs in this separate territory For the next 20 to 25 years until we are able to produce and supply our own needs. Since we cannot get along with them in peace and equality, after giving them 400 years of sweat and blood and receiving in return some of the worst treatment a human being could ever experience, we believe our contribution to this land and the suffering upon us by white Americans justify our demand for a complete separate state or territory of our own. So what are we doing? We're following the instructions of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. How long did it take us to understand we should acquire land? How is it that 90-something years later, we're talking about we're acquiring land? How come we didn't acquire land way back in the day? The nation did it. 
But did the individual believers do it? Now, famine is knocking on our door. How long, dear brothers, will it take for you to cultivate that land? And if you got the land today, how long would it take for you to put seeds in that land, clear that land, cultivate that land, that you may get a yield in what, the next two to three years? Well, hell, we ain't even got that long now. Famine is at the door now. And we must begin to understand what the Honorable Minister Farrakhan just said recently. You are doing this unprepared disaster. We must prepare for survival now. That's right. So what is that? Help me go to the damn devil store and buy every damn thing on his shelf and put it on your shelf. Oh, we glad we got land. But that's when we get ready to cultivate. But in the meantime, as Honor be like Muhammad said, hell is judgment. Come tomorrow, hell, we got to eat today. There's water in Mississippi. All the land that some of the believers got in Mississippi is now getting ready to go on the water. Some of it. Mm-hmm. Jackson. What is that mm-hmm. do with how are we going to eat? There's a flood in Kentucky. There's a flood in Ohio. There's a flood in St. Louis. There's a flood in Michigan. We ain't got time no more. The man of God, he ain't saying he's going to the cross. He's telling us, I'm on it. That's right. I'm on the cross, y'all. What does that mean to us, family? That means it's it. Nothing comes from that but two things. Haley, Haley, Sabate. They say he called on Elijah. Where is the minister <laughs> calling on the world? Come and get me, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm the Let's see what Elijah take him off the cross. Why is he calling on Elijah? Because Elijah's on the will, and he promised him I would bring you unto me after you do this one thing. And then after he took him, he says, Father, finished. Now what are we going to do? God just took one of our stars from heaven, Abel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think we got a whole lot of time? I, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to take away from the joy. But I'm a captain, man. I deal with the reality of the leader's instructions. My job is to rally the believers around him and what he say, not what we think. So now. Look at the weather. There's two hurricanes brewing. We, we may not have enough time, family. We may not have a time to cultivate the land that we got. We may not have enough time because if God takes our man tomorrow, what is your land going to do? Are we going to be concerned about the land or are we going to be concerned about the chaos and the enemy coming after us in this hour? Feed the dead gold kennel leaves, man. Can't you see what time it is? Whereas we have to prepare. Think about how long, brothers, will it take for you to cultivate that? That's what the messenger told the minister Farrakhan. How long would it take you to cultivate uh, uh, that land that you can see 20 million? How long? Mm-hmm. Do we have that time left? God, we're not on God's time. We're not on our time. We want a lot of time. That's right. So we plan for the law of plan. And he's the best of planners. 
we had, the minister told me when I hugged him in at the daggone tree, he said, Brother Dennis, we're at the door. Mm-hmm. Get your health in order, brother, to the door without you. I said, you ain't going through the door without me, brother. Minister, I'm coming right behind you. I'm sitting up here right now with a busted knee. I'm out here at a school, man. Wednesday, to, to, the first day of the school of these Somali Muslims is a private school. They wanted peacekeepers. I take my crew out there, man, to make sure that these mothers know that when your children come to this school, they safe because they got peace. And as I'm walking out the door with the soldiers, and they, they, they waste the kids. They go, and I miss a step, man, and fall and bust my knee, man. Swole up like a melon. Hmm. They had to call the ambulance. I tore all my tendons and ligaments. Thank God I didn't break nothing. But I wasn't stepping That's out right. the bar. I wasn't stepping out in no dumb man's bedroom. I wasn't stepping out. No, I was stepping on the work. I was doing the work of God. And we're going oh, yeah. away to take one for doing the work. Sister Ava wasn't stepping out, going to the deck. She just left the labor's me. She had her garments on. She was doing the work. What better way to get taken out the game than knowing you on your post? That's right. I'm saying to you, man, this is the time we live in. We don't even have tomorrow no more. And if disaster came today, go down and look in your pantry. And if you're not able to get out your house in 30 days, 90 days, do you have enough propaganda? There's the candles, the flashlights. I'm talking about that that's going to sustain your life. Do you have enough food? How many of you do? But you've got to get your radio listening on prepared. Say, listen, man, every time you go to the store and you shop, Always buy five cans of something that you want to sell. Tell them that. Yeah, when I heard mm-hmm. one time, they said, hey, now get five cans of that, that red sack. Get five cans of that dog on vegetarian beans. Every time we go to the store to eat for the day, we're putting five away for tomorrow. That's reality. I just want I'm sorry. It's this medicine, brother Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> it got me on this oxycodone and makes me look. It made me pay you. God, excuse me. Y'all sat there. Nah, bro, cat. That new blood pressure medicine got me on this. Oh, bro, cat. You too much, bro, cat. Calling in, brother. Putting us Thanks in tune with the time and what must be done, brother. And of course, we always love the passion behind the spirit behind what we need to do. Turn it into practical application. Thank you, Bud Cap. Yes, sir. Feel well and feel well, brother. We praying for you. And look at it. Don't waste no time. Get that, get a little pressure of that land on the cultivation real fast. Don't try to do the old farm. Just say, man, let me get the right quick. All right? And, and, and remember now, we have urban gardens. So all that land in the city, man, just claim it. Yeah, man, it's turn it into damn gardens. But keep doing the great work. And, brother, the ultimate goal, 
is for all of us to be able to live on the farm like the leader. Man, he got a beautiful place. He's the example. That's my ultimate goal. I'm just hoping, man, I live long enough to get to it. But nevertheless, man, Allah bless you. Thank y'all so much. Bless y'all so much. And keep uh, the minister in your prayers and keep one another in your prayers. I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to make uh, uh, Sister Janazza, but you know Sister Ava come from Columbus, Ohio. She was born and mm-hmm. raised in Columbus. We claiming her. But nevertheless, I talked to her husband, Brother Darius. We had a wonderful conversation. But as the leader said, you can't be more concerned about her, her, her uh, 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 transition than me because Allah gave her to me as my servant. Mm-hmm. Well, it take away all the booze. You can't boo more than me. <laughs> That's right. I gave her to me. What you upset about? That's right. And she just and she just finished some great work. Thank you. May Allah bless you. Hey, brother, brother Yusuf, it's so good to hear your voice, man. Your very white voice. You know we call brother Yusuf <laughs> the very white. You know, but brother, you did a great job. But brother Rudolph, you thought my lip was crazy because of the bad could tell her. Now I don't know what this walk will look like with both legs looking bad. I may be walking like you, brother Rudolph. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Calling in, brother. You know, brother, brother, brother Rudolph. But Cap always drops something out there and make me think of a lyric, brother. That old gospel song. I got a new walk over in Jordan, and he's mine. He's mine. He's mine. Brother Cap, well, I bless you, brother, and your family, brother Gazi. We're at um, 5:50 p.m., brother. We got 10 minutes left of this week's phenomenal program. We thank you, brother, for making it as such. As long uh, as well as our dear brother, brother Shelton, who was in the first hour. So, any statements you'd like to make, beloved, um, go right ahead, brother. That you may have missed, or you know, just you know, the floor is yours, beloved. Thank you again, brother Gazi and your family. Yes, sir, absolutely. Well, you know, I would just you know first like to comment on something that that that, that you know Big Brother Cam Dennis was saying, and um, and I think it's a you know I, I don't know. And like my humble opinion, and my humble opinion, I, I think sometimes, you know, like the gloom and doom, um, and we know that the Christ taught us about the fall of America. And I have literally, so I got registered at 16 in 1988 in St. Louis. So I'm 51 years old now. And I can remember, as, as God is my witness, like people like being paralyzed because in their mind they thinking like it's tomorrow it's going to be it. Tomorrow, like next week, you know, we, I, I, I've heard that so many times in our nation, and, and you know, we don't know the exact hour. Uh, God, the best know. We know we're getting close. The ministers, you, you know, we, we know the minister about to depart, but the exact hour, but we just don't know. And I remember hearing, I, I, I believe it was a, a lecture from Big Brother Jabril, Minister Jabril, that he said that the Ambalaj Muhammad said that that the white man he'll be building as his world is being destroyed. He'll, he'll still have a hammer mm-hmm. in his hand, building. So even as mm-hmm. the world going down, he's still a building. So because in his mind, I'm God, there ain't nothing spooky about this. If it's gonna come into existence, I'm gonna have to make it come into existence. But I have seen a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of believers who in the nation, 
almost become paralyzed in our activities because we're thinking, okay, now nah, tomorrow this is going to be it, tomorrow or next month or, or, or next year. And it's like, but, yeah, we got to eat right now. It's, it, and there are some practical things that we can do. So I, I have met, since we've been on this journey, we've met dozens of other in the nation. And it's a few of us, uh, 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 over about 15 to 20 of us meet on a regular and they doing some phenomenal things. People not they're not known anywhere. They are newspapers, all on social media. But man, they doing some phenomenal stuff with poultry and lamb and cows and eggs and butter and milk. And I'm just amazed when I meet them and I talk. Like, damn, where you been? Like, how, how you doing all this? And it's just I'm talking about throughout the country, from 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 the mm-hmm. south to up north to the Midwest. I mean, to the East Coast. And it's just a phenomenal people. So there are a lot of people that are moving out and doing some things. And I think, you know, like, you know, Big Brother uh, Dennis was just saying, you know, we need to get our survival pantry up in order right now. Like like right now, because that's the, the practical side. Get some beans, get some, you know, get your water, get some canned goods or, or can it yourself. If you ain't canned it yourself, get some canned goods. If you want to survive and you want to eat. But I do think that, like, things that we are doing and the people that have come to visit, not just believers, but I'm talking about the broader nation, because the Savior said the 17 plus the 9 plus the 2 million was the nation. I'm talking about even the broader nation that have come and have, have been inspired to buy land. And I know, um, you know, Brother Patrick got a program called I Find Farms, uh, ifindfarms.com. We have people looking at I think he has like two dozen families now that, that, that he's helped since he started doing this to actually purchase farmland and that are now Beautiful. growing food and now that are doing things. And then what we're doing, we come together. It's like a bartering system. You know, if, if you were mm-hmm. to go down, if, you know, now if, you know, you're about to go on tomatoes. And, okay, so, you know, what you grow in your area? So we know peppers grow good here and watermelons and cucumbers and all that stuff go good. And then somebody else may grow this. And, and, and so now we've got a network where we trade among ourselves. And, okay, but I got some eggs over here, you know, Brother Randy down there. He got chickens and he raised his own chickens. I think he got 15 acres down there. It's like a lot of believers that doing some things that's just not known. And not just believers, a lot of our people, it's just like a movement. And I believe that it's being inspired, no doubt, by the mind of the Savior and the Christ. And it's a movement going on because it's something that we need. Now, we can wait till we get the big commercial where it's 15, 20 of us got 10,000 acres and things like that. But, you know, one thing, when we first moved, I was on a conference call with some black farmers. Dr. Rizzi was talk- talking, and it was a call with black farmers. It wasn't like a believer call. It was just black farmers, and Dr. Rizzi was talking on this call. And so I called in because I wanted to listen to it. A brother sent me a link, and, uh, you know, I had a chance to ask questions. We had just moved down there, and, we, you know, we, we had got some cows and some sheep and some chickens. And, you know, the first question Dr. Rizzi asked, he said, brother, how are you making a living? And I, he threw me off He said, uh, he, I said, huh? He said, but how are you feeding your family right now? Things like that. And then he, what he said to me was that most people that get farmland, they fail because this ain't no work for the, like, like quick work. You ain't going to do it. Like, brother, you ain't going to cultivate it today and, and it's up completely tomorrow. It don't work like that as far as growing mm-hmm. the agriculture side of it. Um, so he was saying, like, you got to be able to sustain your family in a real way, in a practical way while you're cultivating that land, you got to be able to sustain your family. So most people jump in and just think, I'm going to grow food and sell it to the world. No, it don't work like that. It don't work like that. And there's so many other factors and variables in, in, in place that we had to learn about proper soil, like, you know, how you get the soil tested. Is the soil mm-hmm. even qualified and proper? Because some of the soil, you know, like the area, the, the, the land that we have was a, a, a horse body, you know, uh, they did more rodeos and stuff there. So in, in many okay. areas, they mm-hmm. used a lot of pesticides and, and herbicides. 
So they were depleting the soil of the natural minerals. So we had to learn quick regenerative agriculture, how we use the poop from the chicken and the cow to regenerate this land and things like that. So we can produce Beautiful. because you can have land mm-hmm. that's robbed of the right nutrients. It, it don't have that proper balance. You can plant a seed in all day long. It ain't going to grow. It just don't work like that. Mm-hmm. So these things that we had to learn, but they're practical. It's very practical. But it don't, on the, on the other side, it don't take no years to grow no food. It don't take years, brother. I'm telling you, sir. I mean, from a new new jack, I, we just planted. We threw stuff in the ground, brother. The rain came. The sun came. And I believe this right here. This is something Dr. Vidya said to me, too. I say, brother, I ain't never been around farming. He said something that really blew my mind. He said, but don't worry about that. He said, just start working. He said, it's in your very nature, brother, mm-hmm. to work the land. It's your nature. He yeah. said, the more you work it, allow it, activate it, reactivate. So the cells in you, the very molecule is born. So we be doing some of my wife be like, damn, you did that? I'm like, I don't know where that came from. I mean, I, I never learned. I mean, it's just something to come up out of us. And then I also believe that when a lot, when we get land, because we follow the instructions of God in person, because the instructions come from him to the Ambalized Muhammad, to the minister, to us, right? When we follow the instructions, I believe that when we get right. the land, that Go ahead. all this depleted land, that Allah will bring worms back to the land. Allah will bring the yes. worms back there because we're witnessing that right here, and we're able to have a good harvest in the area where they Go say, ahead, can't really grow no food, but God is real. Mm-hmm. God is real. That's right. All my posts on social media, I hear about saying God is real because he can bring the worms. <laughs> he can bring, we got bees That's all right. over here, and I kill them bees. But not but people are like, no, mm. no, don't kill the bees. Now I'm learning right. the pollinating, and they're coming. But who's killing them? Cross pollinating. So we're dealing with a real mm-hmm. God. That's right. Mm, mm, mm. Well, you got me fired up, Brother Gazi. I'm telling you, brother, that's beautiful. And I pray that the real God continues to bless you and your family there on that land in Villa Rica, Georgia. Uh, we got three minutes left. I don't know, Brother Rudolph, if you had an additional question or for our dear brother, closing statement, I know one thing for sure, Brother Ghazi, if your time and circumstance permits, brother, we'd love to have you on the show again for part two because you have so much to offer, big brother. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on Disaster Awareness for Community to uh, Preparedness. Uh, brother Rudolph, could I be heard? Brother Ghazi, could you hear me? Yes, sir, I can hear you. Okay, I didn't know Brother Rudolph could hear me, or uh, you know, just just so much, beloved. I just want to thank you, brother. Just show an attitude oh, of gratitude, yeah. brother, and for man, you I to end you it all. All right, yes, sir. I'm here, brother Yusuf. I was on mute. Um, noise in my background, but brother Gazi, yes, as brother Yusuf said, yeah, I, I'll call you offline. But we definitely need you again on here before the expo. Um, so we can go into part two and still promote the expo. So give the info on the expo again. Give the info on how people can reach you directly if they need to. And, um, and, and then we'll uh, talk offline and see what, when we can get you back on here. Yes, sir. So the, the information on the expo is ready. The letter XPO.com. And that's, you know, people can get their tickets. They, you know, they can look at all the, the instructors we have, the, the classes that's going to be taught. Our personal website is sunsetranch.farm. That's S-U-N-S-E-T ranch, R-A-N-C-H dot farm, F-A-R-M. And, um, you know, that's what people can learn more about, like, what we're doing and all the different things, the income we have here, the weddings, the birthday parties, family reunions, the tours, the school field trips, the 
black rodeo we had there, all kind of stuff that we're doing on the land where people can see some of that and see some of the things that we're personally doing. And then my personal number is 602-544-6239. If someone, you know, have questions, I, 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 I'm always looking to share information and, and, and spread spread the love. And I want to thank you, brothers, man, for, for y'all show, big brothers, uh, what y'all are doing. This is invaluable to our community, no doubt. We definitely need this. And uh, so I thank Allah, and I pray that he bless y'all show the source to the highest height. Well, we thank you, sir. All praise is due to Allah. I'm going to make my closing statements, and if Brother Rudolph feels compelled to do as such, then certainly he knows what to do. But uh, my statement is based on a quote from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and it says, those who are scripturally prepared know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence, famine, and earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world, and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, it is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disasters, quote, unquote, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And keeping it in real time, real talk, if you look at the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, as Brother Captain uh, Dennis Muhammad mentioned earlier, if you look at the record-breaking heat wave in California, all across from the West Coast to the East Coast, that quote could be, uh, no more in time today than it was when he made it. So we want to thank our listening audience. We want to thank our guests, Brother Shelton Muhammad, Brother Ghazi Muhammad, and even with these few words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Brother Rudolph? Thank you, family. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. And all I'm going to say is this. Uh, I echo everything that my co-host and my brother, Brother Yusuf, said. We thank everybody that was a part of the show today, those that are just tuning in, listening, those that are going to listen to it. And I'm going to say this. We must be found working right up until the end. Since none of us know when the end is going to come, but we still have to live, then don't get discouraged by what you see. Be not dismayed by the signs of heaven. Keep the faith in your God that he's looking out for your best interest. And then follow his instructions so that he can continue to dole out grace and mercy to you and I. And get busy. Get busy. Yesterday is the past. Tomorrow is the future. That's in Allah's hand. Today, now, is all we have, and it's called a present, and a present is a gift. What are you going to do with the gift from God of life today? That's the question for you and I today. We thank you and look forward to 
speaking to you again, if it be the will of Almighty God Allah, next Friday, this same time, this same place, disaster awareness for community preparedness on the Black Hole Radio Network. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir.
looking ahead Somebody Has I travel Yeah. 